we got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It isn't often that I get to have someone on to interview who is the only person to have accomplished something, but I have with me today the only person ever to give an effective response to the State of the Union. Uh, also happens to be the governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Governor, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great speech. Before I ask you anything <laughs> serious, I ha- there's one thing I've always wanted to ask someone. Uh-oh. The only person in politics that I ever feel any compassion for is the White House spokesperson. <laughs> because no matter what, you have to defend your guy. You can't just go out and say, yeah, the guy made an idiot move, right? You have to, <laughs> you have to say Yeah, that wouldn't be very good job security if <laughs> right. you did, so. So I just want to know, did, it, did you ever walk out one day and just think, God is going to kill me for doing this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never got quite to that point. I was, you know, if I had ever gotten to a place where I felt like I didn't have a good answer, a good enough story to yeah. tell, um, or felt like we were going across like a, a moral line, I would have just, you know, said, this is the end for me. But <laughs> we didn't get to that place. Fortunately, um, I felt like our policies were always in the right direction, in the right place. And we had a really good story to tell. The country was doing better under President Trump uh, than it had in a long time. And so I had great facts to go out and present. Now, they didn't care to hear them most of the time, but I still (laughs) did my best to try to share them. Oh, it was vicious. I mean, (laughs) nothing like that now. It was amazing. Yeah, I wish I had the same crowd that I see now. I'm wondering where that group of people came from, because they certainly weren't there then during my two and a half years. Yeah, they opened one box for the Democrats (laughs) and one for the Republicans. Different reporters and stuff. Your speech was great. Thank you. And seriously, it's the only effective State of the Union response I've ever seen. I think the first thing I should ask you, what was what was the trick? What were you thinking going in? Uh, you know, I really wanted it to be my voice. And, um, you know, the frankly, one of the very first drafts of the speech that we had um, didn't feel right. It didn't feel like me. And so um, we started over and I went in a totally different direction. It was really important to me um, that I had the ability to talk about things that I felt like mattered, but also that allowed me to connect with the audience, which was not the camera, but the people at home. Right. And to really um, show kind of who I was and my heart and what I was about. And so that's what we tried to stay focused on throughout the process um, and felt like we, we did that. And I was uh, terrified leading up to, but very, because I've seen a lot of amazing speakers go into that moment and people who are kind of at the peak of their career and it not go so well. Yeah, and, um, you know, you don't know if you're being rewarded or punished when you're asked to do that. <laughs> and so I was very happy to uh, come out on the other side and really proud of what I felt like we were able to deliver that night. And mostly um, that I felt like we were able to tell the conservative side of the story and really make it, um, you know, the difference between normal versus crazy, something that I feel like everybody could go, I get it. Well, that, that makes sense. That was the thing that caught me. It certainly, I mean, I think it's been since President Trump that the Republicans have started to learn a little bit. That some of these cultural things that go on, you know, the newspapers or the press likes to dismiss them as culture war. It's culture war. But 
we didn't start the culture war. As you pointed out, I was so happy to hear you say that. Uh, and, and these things really affect people. They affect your kids and your schools and all this. So what, what specifically do you think people are thinking right now? Obviously, 2024 is coming up. What do you think of the issues? When you say just sticking with crazy versus sane, what do you think of the crazy issues that are really bugging people? Well, I, you know, I think one of the mistakes that we've made, frankly, on our side uh, is we've been on defense for so long. And that was one of the other goals of that night was let's go on offense. We're on we're on the right side of this. Um, we're on the normal side of what is going on. The fact that we can no longer define what a woman is, and that we can no longer you know teach our kids basic things when it comes to reading, writing, and arithmetic. It has to be a lot of what I think most of us would agree is total indoctrination. Those are not normal things that we are trying to push down on the next generation of people growing up in our country. And um, so making a clear contrast, I think, is really important, but also not acting like we're in the wrong here because we are not. Um, And going back on offense and defining who we are and what we're about and not being afraid uh, of the nasty names that we know that they're going to call us uh, because we, you know, believe in God, we have faith, we care about, uh, you know, our families and a mom and a dad and things like that. I, I don't think we're in the wrong, and I think we need to go out and tell that story. So what what specifically uh, things, I mean, I know the, the last governor of Arkansas was a Republican, right? And, yeah. and he vetoed uh, anti-transgender bills. Would you, would you, sign those if they came back? I mean, would you do what we did here in Tennessee? Absolutely. And our and our legislature actually overrode his veto. So that did go into effect. Okay, and so uh, I spoke out at the time and said that I would have signed that legislation. And we have things, um, we just have passed through the House, our Arkansas Learns legislation, yeah. which I think is one of the most comprehensive legislative packages on education, certainly in the history of my state, but also I think anywhere in the country, right Right now, and we deal with some of those indoctrination issues, uh, banning things like CRT, which I signed an executive order on the first day, but putting that into the legislation, making sure those things are not going to be uh, become the norm in our schools. You to talk about learn for a minute because, you know, this is one of the issues that I think, I, when I was talking to uh, Vice President Pence, he was saying this is, you know, one of the biggest things of all the educational system. And, and I, I can't help feeling... Uh, you know, I think it was in Arizona, they put in a lot of uh, school choice, but it hasn't really resonated with people. What's the trick here? What do we do to take back our schools? Uh, well, I, I think it's putting power back into the hands of our parents. You know, I think if we had any uh, positive things that came from uh, all of the craziness around the COVID pandemic, is that we awakened parents to start paying attention to what is happening to their kids. They started pushing back on the fact that, no, you're not going to shut down our schools. You're not going to shut down our businesses. You're not going to mask our kids. You're not going to teach them uh, these crazy ideas. And so we are putting that power back into the hands of parents that are now paying attention. Because I think for a long time, uh, that wasn't necessarily the case. I think most people felt like everything was good and they didn't realize some of the things that were taking place. And so now that they are an awakened crowd, we're giving them that power and putting the decision-making ability back in their hand to say, this is a better fit for my student. I'm going to move my child to this school or this school um, because I know that's the best place for them to be educated. Arkansas has had a historic problem with this, has a historic problem with education, and oh. people 
governors have come and gone and nothing has happened. What do you think is different this time? I think we're doing something that's different. We're not just tinkering with the system. We're flipping the table over and breaking the system uh, and, and adding so many new components. It's not just that we're putting school choice as part of this. We're also making, I think, and reinvesting in our public schools in a way uh, to provide greater resources for them to be successful. Uh, a huge focus on literacy that has been, I think, totally ignored. We know that so many kids across this country are falling further and further behind. The national average of students in third grade uh, reading levels is about 41%. In Arkansas, it's 35%. At that make or break third grade benchmark, and we know if a student isn't reading by that point, that we are setting them up for a lifetime of failure. If you look at our prison population in the state of Arkansas, 70% of those incarcerated can't read is a huge indicator for whether or not a child is going to have the ability to be successful and be a contributor to their community or whether they're going to become dependent on the system. And so focusing on areas like that, as well as empowering parents, also rewarding our teachers. We're going to go from being at the very bottom in teacher pay to being number one in the country when you uh, adjust it for the cost of living. But even if you don't make that adjustment, we're still in the top five. So we are really changing the system, focusing on, I think, things that matter and putting kids on a pathway to success. Well, if you can produce numbers at the, at the end of your term that show that turnaround, you'll, you'll be president of the United States. Because that's, that's something that <laughs> I, I just want to help the kids in Arkansas. I think we're on the path to do <laughs> well, that. Well, let's talk about uh, presidency 2024. I'm going to guess that you're not going to run against Donald Trump. Uh, I'm not going to run against anybody because I just got elected Arkansas in my (laughs) very first legislative session. I have a really big agenda and to-do list uh, at home and want to get those things done before I think about anything else. What if he picks you as vice president? You know, I I think that there are a number of other great options. I'm really happy to be back home in Arkansas. I did two and a half years in D.C., and I'm happy to be back home. And I love the job I'm doing um, and um, looking forward to getting a lot of things done. (laughs) All right. I noticed you slipped that question, but I'm going to let you go because (laughs) it's a a tough one. No, Jim Acosta here. We can keep going. (laughs) Um, Talk about uh, President Trump. I think he did... uh, my personal opinion is for three years, he did a great job. Some, he made some bobbles uh, during the COVID thing. I, don't, I think if there had been no COVID, he'd be president still. Um, you think he—I I can't help feeling it'd be nice to get some younger people in the office. I mean, I don't want you to talk about against your old boss, but at the same time, what would you like to see happen for the GOP going forward? You know, I absolutely love the president. He gave me an unbelievable opportunity. I know our country was infinitely better off when he was in the White House. I think we would be much better off right now if he was still in the White House. I know a lot of the things uh, that we are seeing the Biden administration destroy, he would never have allowed to happen if he was president. Um, And, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think, you know, I talk a lot about the new generation of leadership, but I don't think that's based on age. I think that's based on energy and innovation. And I think he has more of that than most uh, most of us combined. Um, You know, I'm half his age, but I had a hard time keeping up with him when (laughs) I worked in the White House. I've heard that about him. Yeah, he sleeps about four hours a night at best, and he never stops. And I do think that he was an innovator and brought a new sense of energy to the party that, frankly, we hadn't seen. Uh, He added a whole new 
group of people that, frankly, had not been that supportive of the Republican Party. I think he returned power and a focus back to the working man that had been ignored for a long time in this country. And he gave a voice to a lot of people that had, I think, been voiceless uh, for decades in the Republican Party. And so we'll see what happens moving forward, but I don't think anybody can challenge him when it comes to the influence and the energy and the innovation, frankly, that he brought to the party and could probably still deliver today. You know, we started out kind of joking about the press, but I I thought um, one of the most important things President Trump did was call the press out. And I had heard a lot of people, insiders, a lot of political insiders, who would say to me the GOP will never win until they understand that they're running not against the Democrats, they're running against the press. Looking forward, what should the... If you had a, the leaders of the Republican Party in a room and you had to tell them one thing about dealing with, to me, what is now a corrupt uh, industry, what would you say to them? Well, I think there's a couple things, and I don't think they're wrong, but I think it's much bigger. You're not just running against the press, and I think he did more than just take them on. He took on all of the big institutions. It was the press. It was big tech. It was higher ed. It was kind of, you know, the leftist elites on, you know, the two coasts. He took them all on and pushed back in a way that, frankly, no Republican, I think, had felt comfortable doing and gave— I think the ability for new Republicans uh, to follow that lead and start pushing back. And so I think the biggest thing is don't back down, but also know that we don't need them. He proved that you don't have to have them to win and to be effective. And so I think what we're doing right now is we're seeing uh, conservative media grow and new outlets and new opportunities for us to get our message out. And I think we just have to work around them and never be afraid to push back when we know that we're in the right. Yeah, I think if they learn anything, that has got to be the message. What else, when you look at the country, what, what's the agenda of the GOP going forward on a national level? You know, I think that we're really at a crossroads. Uh, to me, it's very simple. Um, if you want the government to make decisions for you about how you raise your kids, about how you run your business, about what church you go to, about how you engage with your community, then you're a Democrat. And if you want to make those decisions for yourself, if you want to decide how you're going to raise your kids and uh, what school you're going to send them to and how you're going to run your business and you want personal freedom, then you're a Republican. It is, to me, at that at this point in the country, it's that simple. Do you want the government to run your life or do you want to? Um, and I think when we break it down and we make it that simple, I think the choice gets really clear for a lot of people. Mm, it's interesting. I think, that, you know, I think that basically says it. Well, look, uh, I think uh, you, you've started out, I think you've signed more bills in about 20 minutes in <laughs> Arkansas than I've ever seen any governor put into action. So you will at least be able to say, uh, as your term, your first term uh, comes to an end, you'll be able to look at results. It's a really interesting moment. Arkansas has been a troubled state, and you certainly, you certainly gave yourself a, a problem taking it over. Uh, I, I like to think we had one governor that was really amazing. Uh, you know, my dad was the one of the longest-serving governors in the country for about 11 years. I like to say he's the best governor Arkansas has ever had, one of the best governors our country's ever had. And I'm working really hard to take both those titles away from him. So. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. It's Thank really you. nice to talk to you. And again, congratulations on that speech. It was a, an actual game changer uh, that I think set the Republicans up very nicely for 2024. And I hope they take advantage of it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.